This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. Taking care of our immune systems is ever more important. And one thing I've noticed with the majority of people I've come into contact with that focus on using hand sanitizer. And while this can be effective, we have to remember that those of us who are not immunocompromised and have a functioning protective system within us, which is called our immune system, we need to support that for long-term health. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness. Today, we'll learn about the natural treatment of menopause. We'll hear how to communicate sexual desire. We'll discuss how to boost your immune system. And lastly, we'll explore healthy travel tips. But first, a little bit of business. The Tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their liquid greens chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great-tasting greens on the market. Liquid greens can easily be mixed with your favorite drink to provide a sustained natural boost of energy to help you get through your day. There's unflavored, which is great with orange juice. The mint flavor is cool and refreshing. Dark chocolate has all the health benefits of a salad, but with a great chocolate taste. And for that extra detox boost, try activated charcoal and mint. Enjoy the energy, enjoy the detox, enjoy the great taste. Purely natural, liquid greens. Joel Thuna is a master herbalist and general manager of Purely Natural. He strives to improve the quality of the natural products in the market and passes along his vast knowledge of herbal remedies through lectures and articles. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Always a pleasure. And I am looking forward. Spring is coming, folks. Yes. Spring is coming. Spring is coming. It looks like it's (laughs) almost here. So last month, we were tackling hot flashes. Yep. But we decided at the end of the show that we were going to talk a little bit more about menopause and various symptomology and treatments, etc. So, where do you want to start? Well, last time we hit the most common complaint of menopause, that being hot flashes. Today, I figured we'd expand on two common ones, just not as common as hot flashes, but equally problematic and equally important to tackle. Okay. So, where are we starting? Well, let's start with estrogen. Okay. So estrogen, which is produced in the ovaries, it plays a vital role in women's health throughout their lifetime. And specifically when it comes to the vagina, it helps keep vaginal tissue lubricated, elastic, and healthy because that tissue is required to be elastic. It moves and it, it needs it. Otherwise, it would tear, right. causing pain, infection, etc. The problem is in menopause, the levels of estrogen naturally decline rapidly and significantly. Right. And that has an effect on that tissue. And that's where our first problem is going to come in. Okay. So that's what estrogen does. Other than the changes to the vaginal tissue, what Mm -hmm. else does a decrease in estrogen cause? Oh, it causes tons of other things. One of the other big ones is also it leads to something called brain fog. Okay. And those are the two topics we're going to hit today. All right. So let's leave off brain fog till later. Correct. Okay. So what are some of the things that you can do if you are suffering from an estrogen drop-off because of menopause? Well, the first thing, let's discuss what it actually does to the vagina. Okay. What it does is 
as soon as that drop happens, the dramatic drop, the tissue itself of the vagina slowly shrink, they become thinner, they become drier, and more prone to inflammation. This condition is called vaginal atrophy or atropic vaginitis. The really annoying part is it happens to about half of all women. And, okay, you're saying it does that, it does that, it does that. Well, what does that mean in the end? What it means is that it causes vaginal pain, itching, burning, discharge, spotty bleeding, as well as making intercourse of any kind painful. And in some people, it causes bleeding during that. And that, understand, yes, I'm not a woman, but that would be scary. Of course. I, I get that. And that's a permanent result, or is that just through perimenopause and menopause? Like after... It can be permanent. Okay. It can be. It doesn't in everyone, but it can be. And as if that weren't bad enough, because the vagina itself is so close to the urethra, it often leads to urinary issues, including urgency, frequent urination, burning during urination, urinary incontinence, and the dreaded recurrent urinary tract infections. Yes. So these are all things that make your quality of life significantly worse. Yes. So we want to do whatever we can to prevent it, or if it is going to happen, to help minimize it. Okay, so how do we do that? Well, there are some strategies you can choose. First off is a real easy one to your listeners, is to avoid smoke of any kind. And what I mean by that is smoke, be it firsthand, secondhand, even exhaust, they have found helps reduce estrogen levels. So if your estrogen levels are already low, the last thing you want to do is make them lower Right. if you can avoid it. So you avoid smoke as much as possible in any form. And yes, that does even include vaping. Okay. Does that include, and this may be a silly question, but like smoked meats or things like that? Is it the nitrates or the smoke flavoring that affects it? Or is it to the- my understanding, no. Okay. I'll be honest, I haven't delved into that. Okay. But to my understanding, that would be a no. Okay. The next thing is sex. It's not an old wives' tale. Staying sexually active actually reduces your risk. Okay. What the reason it is, is regular sexual activity. And it can be with a partner or alone, doesn't really matter. It increases blood flow through your genital region. Right. That in turn helps keep them healthy. It gives more nutrients to them and also increases their elasticity. Well, use it or lose it, right? Basically. (laughs) Uh, But truthfully, I mean, if your body can be convinced that you are sexually active, Mm -hmm. then it will maintain your ability to remain sexually active, right? Agreed. Uh, Oh, definitely. (laughs) The body is wonderful that way. Another thing is scents. Both artificial and naturally scented products, even essential oils that are found in detergents, powders, soaps, now sprays, and deodorants, all can irritate various tissues in your body, but very definitely can irritate vaginal tissue. And this is especially true of lubricants. There are many lubricants out there that have a pleasant smell. They have a nice shimmering color, stuff like that. All of those added things to make them just seem prettier or nicer can cause irritation. And that's the last thing you want. So when you're talking about scents, you're talking about topical, correct? Or are you talking about, like, I know you're an advocate of aromatherapy. Yes, I am. 
So you're not talking about that, are you? Avoiding those sins? I'm not talking avoiding aromatherapy per se that way, but you want to avoid anything that could come in contact with vaginal tissue. If you're just having aromatherapy in a room, unless you're not clothed, you, you don't have to worry about that. Right. Okay. But even to the point where you have scented candles, if you're not clothed, scented candles, there is that chance and any amount of irritation you're trying to avoid. Okay. What else? Exercise. Physical exercise is amazing for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things with your body. But specifically what it does is it aids hormonal balances and increases your blood flow throughout your body, including the vaginal tissue. Right. So just exercise. And we're not saying to go out and all of a sudden run a marathon if you've never done it before. Just Correct. any movement, anything that gets the heart rate up, of course, talk to your doctor if that's a concern. But anything that gets the heart rate up in any way will help. Is sweating, are you trying to build a sweat to get rid of toxins? Is that what it's about? Or is it more about blood flow? It's more about blood flow. Okay. If you're, if you're going to have a sweat... It's not going to hurt, right? but it's much more about the blood flow itself. What a lot of the studies show is there's a huge difference between being sedentary and starting to do exercise versus exercising and exercising harder. So Mm -hmm. really the key message is for people that are doing nothing and are couch potatoes, you really want to start doing something. Oh yeah. You are the people that are going to see the biggest difference. Definitely. And even if it's something as simple or as easy as just going to a mall and walking for half an hour, strolling through a mall. You can have a cup of tea, just stroll through the mall. Getting that movement will get blood flow going. Fantastic. What, what other lifestyle hacks are there? The other big one is to embrace cotton. Okay. Because it's breathable? or Yep. Loose-fitting cotton clothing and specifically cotton underwear can improve air circulation around genitals, making them less of an ideal environment for unhealthy bacteria to grow. Right. This way, your body can lubricate itself properly and naturally without ending up having an issue where unhealthy bacteria can come in and invade. Okay. So you were talking about the naturally decreasing amount of estrogen that the body Mm -hmm. makes through menopause, but can you get estrogen through your diet? You can get phytoestrogens through your diet. They have not found, though, that phytoestrogens resolve this. Okay. They have not found that. That link has not been made. There's nothing for women who are are experiencing menopause that they can eat that's going to increase estrogen or no? Well, you, you can increase through certain foods marginally, but it won't resolve this. Okay. Specifically, they've been searching for decades to try and find dietary links between this that either help it or could even make it worse. Right. They have found absolutely none. I understood tofu. There's a connection between tofu and estrogen. In it's, some people. Okay. In some people, there is. But what, what they have found is that a well-rounded, healthy diet improves your overall health, improves your circulation, and your hormonal health. So just logically, it should help. Okay. There's no clinical evidence of it, but logically it should. Well, eating healthy couldn't hurt. Right? Correct. Okay. And it'll help you in other ways also and make you feel better. Right. And improve your overall quality of right. life. Right. And if it, if it allows you to, for example, go exercise, well, then so much All the, the better. better. All the better. But what they have found is that there is supplementing can help. Okay. So that's your expertise. So let's talk about what supplements might help. Okay. What they found is that taking probiotics, and this is going to be the fun one here, both orally, so through your mouth, also as vaginal suppository probiotics can help maintain and improve the vaginal microbiome as a whole, 
increasing the amount of healthy species and helping to fight inflammation and infection. Okay, I was not aware there was such a thing as vaginal probiotics. There are, there are. And the probiotic species, this this is one area where the research has been done on a specific class of probiotics, and in this case, it's lactobacilli species. So there, you'll see them lactobacillus acidophilus, lactobacillus planetarium, lactobacillus brevet. There's literally hundreds of them. And the, the nice thing is that lactobacilli are the probiotics that naturally are found in the vagina. So you're improving the vaginal microbiome by using the species that are already there. Where would you purchase Vaginal probiotics anywhere or? You should be able to get them anywhere. You can get them in your local health food store. You can get them in pharmacies. You can even get them in some grocery stores in their pharmacy section. Okay. All right. Now, the other, are are we done dealing with the first symptom? Nope. There's one more thing. Okay. Which is lubrication. Ah. Proper, regular lubrication has been found to reduce pain and inflammation as well. It it makes sense. The tissue isn't as lubricated as normal. Increase lubrication. And as long as you're not using a scented one, that shouldn't be an issue. There are literally hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription hormonal creams specifically designed for this purpose. The problem is most of them, if not all of them, have nasty side effects. And when I say nasty, some of them include nausea, bloating, cramps, headaches, and pain. Because of these effects, most women try to avoid them. Yep. So one popular option that is virtually no risk is natural vitamin E used as a suppository. Okay. They have, they have capsules you can insert, and they dissolve over time, and they give a, a high amount of lubrication. The beautiful part is you're not talking pills that are huge. Because right. that's, that's the first thing that goes through my mind. You suppository, the thing is massive. No, they're talking very small. We're talking as low as 100 IU of natural vitamin E, and they found that it's as effective as pharmaceutical options. Wow. So you can have something that's natural, it's easy, it's healthy, there's n- virtually no side effects, and it's as effective. It's a win, 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 win. Fantastic. Let's move on to brain fog. Okay. What is it? Well, brain fog is interesting. The first time I heard that phrase, I scratched my head and go, brain fog. It, it didn't make sense to me that you would use that phrase. But many women who are in the midst of menopause or just in postmenopause talk about a specific set of memory issues. It's forgetfulness, difficulty concentrating, and thinking clearly. In mild cases, it can be brushed off as just mild forgetfulness. It's like, oh, she forgets that again. And in severe cases, it is so bad that women may feel as though they're experiencing the early stages of dementia. Some studies have found as many as 80% of women had symptoms related to menopause that interfered with their memory. Hmm. That's a huge number. Yeah. That's huge. And why it's called brain fog is that a good percentage of women describe the feeling that their brains are like cotton wool. I I saw that phrase again and again and again. They find it difficult to absorb information. This can be a challenge with high-level tasks, but it can also affect simple tasks like reading a book, concentrating on someone speaking, or even listening to the radio or watching television. Hmm. And and that's a severe complication for quality of life. Right. So what can they do? Well, for many, many years... It was thought that this was just an old wives' tale and it wasn't something serious. But then researchers from four Boston-based institutions, including Harvard, 
found that women actually going through menopause often will be much, much, much lower scores on memory tasks. Many, many, many. And they found that it's in direct relation to estrogen. Okay. As estrogen levels go down, so does their memory. So all the lifestyle things that we discussed before would be helpful in boosting potential estrogen levels, correct? Correct. On top of that, not only do you want to exercise your body, you want to exercise your brain. Okay. Do Sudoku, even just engaging in conversations, anything that makes your brain work helps. Poor sleep contributes to this. Yes. So anything you can do to improve your sleep, including controlling your hot flashes and your night sweats, will also help. And de-stress. De-stress is huge. Yoga, mindful body, body mindfulness, anything like that, meditation, all great. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You'll come again next month? Oh, definitely. I enjoy this. Excellent. We've got to take a short break, but we'll be right back on The Tonic. And now the group travel tidbit brought to you by EF Go Ahead Tours Canada. Experience the world like a local by traveling alongside expert guides who call your destination home. Enjoy authentic meals, immersive sightseeing, and enriching cultural activities. They'll handle all the details. Here's Kate Edge with this week's reason to travel solo, but not alone. One of the greatest benefits of group travel is that you get to meet new people. Many of our clients have remained in contact with fellow travelers from all over North America and interact with them regularly, travel with them regularly, and have built long-term relationships. There's always someone around to take your picture for social media. This has been your group travel tidbit. For more information, visit goaheadtours.ca. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. Our next guest, Carlisle Jansen, is the founder of Good For Her, Toronto's premier sexuality shop and workshop center in Toronto. And she's the producer of the Toronto International Porn Festival, too. She's also the author of two books, including Sex Yourself. You can watch her TEDx, Toronto Talks, and educational videos at carlislejansen.com. And if you want to reach out to her, it's carlisle at goodforher.com. Welcome back to the show. Hello again. So as we frequently do, we're going to discuss uh, your most recent article yep. for the March-April issue of the magazine. And okay. it's all about blueprints. And it's not architecture. <laughs> it's it's blueprinting and communicating sexual desire, which is an yeah. important issue. Yeah. Well, communication is always right. important. And, you know, I think that's the number one issue in any relationship is communication. And so what I like about the blueprint is that it gives you some language and words and framework because so often we don't know what we want. We don't right. know how to ask for it. We don't, we don't even know what the options are. And then, you know, we look at porn, we look at Hollywood, we look at the internet. And sometimes, sometimes there's helpful things there. But sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's just depressing, though. <laughs> sometimes you see people doing things, you think, oh, I really cannot imagine myself doing it. Not right. that I'm not, you know, for yeah, it. Yeah. I just, I'm trying to think, oh, could I do that? Right. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Is that reasonable to expect to want to do something or being able to articulate it? Like, it really is complicated. It can be complicated. And sometimes it's about what's realistic, what's yeah. not realistic. And, and so then what happens is that sometimes we feel shame. 
Yeah. And we feel like, oh, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. I don't orgasm that way. I don't enjoy that. Um, does everybody like that? What's wrong with me? And so we look at, you know, the kind of sex we're having, the frequency of sex, the hotness of it, and we start worrying that we don't quite measure up and that our partner must be disappointed, there's something wrong with us, or that we are curious, but we don't know how to ask for what we want. And we often, you know, sex is sort of seen is something that you do when everything else is done. It's not really important. And it's supposed to just be natural. Right. And it just happens. And then when it doesn't, we feel shame again. And it's hard for us to have a conversation about what do we want? What is working? What's not working? But you wrote about a possible answer to at yeah. least getting the dialogue yeah. going. Yeah. And that's this notion of the blueprint model of sexual yeah. communication. So, so what is it? What's this about? So um, it's it calls itself kind of a language of desire. So it gives you a bit of a framework of what kind of type might you be, where are you at in your um, erotic cycle, what are my blocks? Um, and so it gives you a little bit of a language so you can say, oh, that's me. Right. Oh, this makes sense. That's because I like this. Oh, and that's you, right? So it helps us to sort of take a few experiences and give it a language, a framework so that we can then say, okay, so this is the kind of thing that we need to do that's going to turn you on rather than shooting darts at a dartboard and trying to see what hits. That sort of has like a Cosmo magazine yeah, fill in the blank it type does. of vibe it does. though, doesn't it? Does. it? Oh, it, it, it totally does. And I don't, I don't think it's going to work for everybody. I think it's again, one of those things where try it on. Yeah. And see if it fits. And if it does and helps you communicate and have better sex, great. And if you find it a bit hokey and it doesn't really, really do it for you and you don't really feel like it fits, okay, try a different method. Is this something that you, in your practice, are you finding that it's helping with your, your patients? And- um, I haven't, I don't use the, this kind of a framework so, okay. so much. Um, but I do know people who have used it and who have found it to be really useful as a better understanding of myself a better understanding of of how and when we don't connect about how our needs might be different. And then, okay, so now what do we do, right? Gives you a bit of a plan of action. Okay, so basically let's start with where the the model starts and that is there's different types of people, right? Yeah. So what are the different types of people? Yeah, and so for each type, there's things that sort of enhance and things that get in the way, right? Mm -hmm. So knowing your your positives and your more, some people call it a shadow side. It's a yin-yang thing. Yeah, absolutely. So the first people are the energetic people. They like anticipation. They want to have space. They like being teased. They're intuitive. They like build up experimentation. But the flip side of that is that if touch is too intense, too fast, they turn off and they're just like done. Right. Mm -hmm. So pacing is really, really important for these people. So that's the energetic folks. Then there's the sensual people, which, no surprise, they're turned on by their senses. They like all of their senses being stimulated. Where they tend to get stuck is when they're in their heads and they can't feel the sensation. So they're thinking about work. They're thinking about grocery lists. They're thinking about whether they're doing it right. And so what they need is to be relaxed in the right setting just so that they can like be in the moment. Yep. Then there's the sexual folks. Those are the people who are like, I want to be naked. I want to have intercourse. Sex is fun. It's relaxing. It's easy. They can jump right into it. But the flip side for them is that they get focused on orgasm and they don't really enjoy the journey. And when they get paired with someone who's energetic, who wants a lot of time, they get impatient. Hmm. Kinky people are turned on by what they consider taboo desires. And that can be, your taboo might be like, 
licking whipped cream off your partner's body. Or it could be like, you know, getting tied up and having really intense play and domination, whatever. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're into really edgy play. It just means that you like to play with taboos. Everybody has their own concept of what's edgy, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I I like to frame that because some people say like, oh, well, I'm not into really that intense stuff. You can still be kinky even if your kinks are considered um, more on the mild side. It's still kinky for you. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the flip side for them is often shame comes up around these desires, right? right? And they start to feel upset about them. And that will totally hold them back because then it doesn't turn them on. And finally, shapeshifters, like all of the above. (laughs) They speak all the languages fluently. They're creative. They uh, are open. They want to try different things. The challenge for them, though, is they don't always feel fully satisfied. They're always looking for more, for different. And so what sometimes they need to do is really listen, what do I want, rather than just going on along with what their partner wants. And especially if their partner has one blueprint, then they're always doing that one kind of thing. So they need to really think about what is it that I actually want in this moment so that they will feel more satisfied. Right. And and not all the types are compatible, right? No. And I mean, well, they are essentially. It's not well, like... Well, you know, if you find, if you identify <laughs> that you and your partner are not compatible, like where do you go from there, well, right? Well, exactly. And it, and so it's about, like anything in life, it's about compromise. And it's not like this all of a sudden introduces that differences are there. Right. You know, I the, think you kind of know already the differences if, if are you're sexually already there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The differences are already there. But what it does is it gives you a language for better understanding your partner's difference so you don't get so frustrated. That's fair. Right? Right. Um, And so it's like, oh, okay, now I get it that you need a little bit more time or now I get it why you always want the candles and the scents and the sensations. Okay, right. I know what I need to do to turn you on or also by the same token, I know what I need to do to turn me on. You know, I was always trying to follow what you wanted, but it never satisfied me. Right. Or I would get turned off easily or, you know, I need more time, whatever. Now I get it. So nobody, I don't think, is totally incompatible as long as you're a compassionate, giving, um, communicative partner. You know, nobody's going to be incompatible with you. It's more a matter of... Do you learn to compromise? Do you maybe sometimes focus on what you want for a time and then we focus on what I want for a time? And so that you can you can play with that a little bit more consciously. Okay. Now, those are the types of people, but yeah. even within that, people can be at different sort of stages of where they're at in terms of their desires and being able to communicate those desires, right? Yeah, the other thing that's interesting about this blueprint is that there's sexual states. And so the five states are resting, healing, curiosity, adventure, and transformation. Uh, so this cycle, right? Because then yeah. you go back to resting. The cycle can be one sex session of, you know, five minutes or five hours. Or it, you can talk about it more in terms of where am I at in my life cycle. So that resting could be that you're taking a breath and just for a moment like okay what do I want to do next right do I want to finish do I want to continue you know um, or resting could be you know what I'm taking a break from partner sex yep. I just want to focus on myself for the next month the next year next period of time so there's a resting state is how we start and then the next stage is healing and that's really reflecting on and validating our desires where am I at what do I want and that's okay right I, mm-hmm. I want to move in this direction I don't want to move in that direction. And again, that can be the moment of a few seconds or that can be weeks or months or longer. 
and compassion is really important there to be like compassionate with this is what I want and there's nothing wrong with it right this is where I'm at then what we often end up being hopefully is curious right we're interested let's try something new let's do a new technique or uh, let's even just have sex again and then that curiosity can lead to adventure we explore we practice we try new things and then hopefully that leads to some kind of transformation what's next what does this mean for me how is that connection for me how do how are we new people how am I a new person and then we go back to resting and just like ah okay and what's next you know where where am I at taking taking a moment to center ourselves okay so we only have time for one more question yes and that is some of the problems that can occur when we're sort of working through all this yeah yeah. So there's sort of three pitfalls that Beth sort of talked about. Um, so this is Beth Ostrander, who um, teaches a workshop at my store and, yep. and works with people around this. So um, the first is that uh, I expect my partner to use my blueprint and do all the work. Yeah. Okay, here's my blueprint. Do right. me. Like you get Ikea instructions. And <laughs> yeah, then yeah. You're off do to me, the right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm out of the picture. No, yeah. we need to still take responsibility. Um, the second is that we sort of say, okay, this is who I am and that's it. I'm not going to change. And we're to, not, yeah. yeah. And, and so while it's validating and great to feel who you are, that means that we still no need to be open and explore, I think. Um, and so so that's really important. And then thirdly, the problem is sometimes I know what my type is. I don't know how to apply it. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know um, what to do. And you're sort of looking at this recipe. And, and it might be, again, that this doesn't really apply to you, this program is not really fit for you. Um, Or it might be, okay, let me just sit with myself and figure out where do I fit? What do I want? And really just listening to your own body and your own desires and your own voice. Well, that's good advice. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Always a pleasure. We look forward to hearing back from you next month, but we've got to take a short break. We'll be right back on The Tonic. You're a genuine health enthusiast listening to this show today. And Activation Products is your dream come true when it comes to living a very long, pain-free, energized life. Your body's craving heirloom nano and micronutrients that you'll use to elevate your whole body's health in ways you had no idea were possible. Activation makes all this possible no matter how old or young you are. The precious time, energy, and money you invest to be healthy is taken very seriously by Activation. It's their responsibility to deliver to you the most efficacious health products available in the world today. People consistently report back the most beautiful health results when they daily consume products from Activation. Treat yourself now and find out what it's like to live in a luxurious body, making every day a joy to be alive. Go to activationproducts.com and subscribe for the most important health information and products. Or call 1-866-271-7595. The Big Carrot is a worker-owned natural food market that's been committed to local, organic, non-GMO, and sustainable food systems since 1983. They're a one-stop shop offering produce, grocery, bulk, body care, and holistic dispensary. The juice and smoothie bars and kitchens serve up hundreds of healthy dishes and drinks daily. Building community is at the core of their vision, which they deliver through education, outreach, and giving. They want everyone to share in the goodness they offer. Visit their website for more information at thebigcarrot.ca. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Megan Horsley is a registered holistic nutritionist, blog writer, and recipe developer. She's passionate about helping her clients discover their best selves with a holistic approach to their well-being with delicious food, movement, and thoughts. 
Megan loves witnessing the transformations that unfold. She's a knowledgeable and entertaining writer, and in the latest issue of Tonic, she wrote a great article about how to boost the immune system. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, Jamie. How are you doing? Good. I'm gonna I'm gonna lob a softball to you. Okay, like this is like the easiest question you're gonna get in the next six months. Okay. Why is boosting the immune system so very important? <laughs> Uh, it is so very important for a variety of reasons. I feel like that's how I answer every question to you. <laughs> yeah. So if we, you know, just to quickly start with the worldwide concern that's going on right now, we want yeah. to briefly touch on that. So yep. if we look at the worldwide health concern that's going on right now with the coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, taking care of our immune systems is ever more important. And one thing I've noticed with the majority of people I've come into contact with that are focusing on using hand sanitizer or they focus on using hand sanitizer every second they get as their barrier of protection. And while this can be effective, right, it definitely can be, we have to remember that those of us who are not immunocompromised, right, and have a functioning protective system within us, which is called our immune system, um, we need to support that for long-term health. It's extremely important to support that and to also fight off infections um, such as this one, right? right? So we always have to remember that like, yes, okay, um, hand sanitizers can be good, but what are you doing to support your body? Right. How are you building it up? Well, you know, truthfully, I think COVID is at the stage now where it really cannot be contained. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes them a year to develop vaccines. Mm-hmm. And so really, I think our resources should be, this is, I'm going to get my soapbox here, to actually <laughs> help the people that are most likely to, to you know, be really threatened by it. Absolutely. And those are the ones who have weak immune systems. Yes. Right? Yep. But that doesn't mean somebody who necessarily has been diagnosed with immunodeficiency. That can also be somebody who really isn't taking care of themselves. Absolutely. So I'm not trying to be alarmist here because I, I'm really, I really don't like alarmist press at all. No. But you know what? There are things that you can do to make yourself more healthy that should you get the virus, you'll have an easier time of it. Okay. Mm-hmm, exactly. And we're not belittling like like this is not like if you have a serious immune issue, obviously you're beyond some of the things we're going to discuss today. Absolutely. But yes. but for the average person, however old you are, these are things that you can do to help your body stave off infection. Yes. And just before this goes to say, this should be very yeah. obvious before we jump into any of these recommendations, always, always, always consult your personal Healthcare practitioner. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what we're going to discuss isn't necessarily, you know, so controversial. I mean, let, let's start at the very beginning. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, you listed four things that are going to help. And the first one was sleep. Yeah. Sleep is so important. Right? I don't, I don't think there's a do. medical <laughs> practitioner who's going to say, stay up late, <laughs> wake up early, you know, stay on your device. You know, <laughs> nobody's saying no, that. Sleep, sleep, definitely not. Uh, so we know that if we have poor quality sleep. If we don't sleep very well, we're not going to feel great the next day. And and it goes beyond having energy. It goes beyond how we're actually um, supporting our, our internal functions, right? right? Sleep is necessary for that. So poor quality sleep weakens the body's ability to protect itself and heal itself, right? So most of the detoxification in the body and the activity of the immune system happens when the body is resting. So it's extremely important that we do this. It's generally within the first three hours of sleep that the body goes into rapid repair mode. Right. And then we're talking about deep sleep now. We're deep not sleep. As we get older, the deep sleep is harder to come by. And you don't know when you're in the deep sleep. When you're dreaming, you're actually not in the deep sleep. The deep sleep is like the closest you're going to get to like unconscious, like coma-like stasis where your body can actually 
divert the energy to fixing itself. Yes, exactly. So if you are fighting off an illness, achieving deep sleep is necessary to get better quicker, right? Mm -hmm. There are many ways to prioritize your sleep as well. And a lot of that has to do with sleep hygiene. You yep. know, so how are you actually preparing your body for sleep? Are you lying on your bed? Uh, sorry, lying in your bed on your phone, right? right? Watching and, TV. Yeah, watching Netflix, whatever. Yeah. This isn't going to set yourself up for a good night's sleep, right? So you can set some boundaries for yourself. This could be putting away any devices an hour before sleep, dimming the lights in your in your room, in your house. Maybe lighting a candle if you really want to try to relax a little bit. If you're someone who really does struggle to fall asleep, you could try a guided meditation. There right. are lots of apps. Melatonin um, in a pinch, like not not consistently, but if you're having a rough time, you can get a good night's sleep by taking some melatonin. You you could, and, and these days we actually have formulas that include melatonin, but other calming yeah. uh, ingredients as well, right? So there are lots of different things you can do. I would say for any of these recommendations, right, we can give you a whole list of things yeah, to and, do. And, and we've covered them specifically yeah. in, in other shows like we don't, we don't need to go out over all of sleep hygiene but if you're interested go to the website and i think you and you and i've discussed it before we definitely have but even just on that note right like we can list all of these things yeah. and it can feel overwhelming choose one yeah, see how and it try it yeah. right and then if it goes well add another one i will add one more quick point and that is uh if you're curious as to whether or not you're getting deep sleep fitbits uh which you know aren't cheap you can get one and it will actually track whether you're in deep sleep yeah. uh you know, so you don't need to go to the doctor. You don't need to go to a sleep clinic. You can get some baseline information that might help you. Okay, what's next? Yeah, it's a great way to track. Um, so the next thing um, that you can do or that you can include into your diet uh, are adaptogens. What are adaptogens? Yeah, so adaptogens are typically herbs. So they're plant-based ingredients that help to manage the body's response to stress. And the beautiful thing about adaptogens is that they can also improve your immune system, right? Mm -hmm. So there are a variety of different ones, but they can have different physiological uh, reactions in your body when your body is stressed. So it's great to have a variety of them in your diet. These days, what I love about supplement companies, which sounds kind of funny to say, but (laughs) but they're making it more accessible to people, right? So while you're taking your B-complex, your omega-3s, your magnesium, right? Who wants to add another pill into there as well, right? It can right. be overwhelming. So what I like is that you can get adaptogens in a powdered form, right? And you can drink them. Yep. And they're flavored nicely with some cacao. And there are a variety of different uh, drink powders that you can drink. And and let's say, you know, coffee is one of your issues, right? You can easily swap in an adaptogenic drink and that will help your immune system and your stress response even I, more. I find I'm more susceptible to illness if I'm stressed out about something, if I'm not yeah. sleeping, if my if I'm tense, mm-hmm. my guard is down and I'm definitely going to get sick. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, okay, another thing you mentioned in the article, which people might not recognize, is movement, exercise. Yes, yes. Movement is so important uh, when we're talking about boosting your immune system. Indeed, daily movement, right? So this is especially appropriate when we live in a society like Toronto. It's super fast paced. It's easy to get overwhelmed. And so whether it's job stress or family stress, financial stress, all the different ones that we can encounter, no matter where the stress is coming from, it can cause elevated cortisol levels. Uh, So cortisol is our main stress hormone, as you know, and it stimulates the sympathetic nervous system in the adrenal glands. 
So generally, when we're in this fight or flight mode, we typically um, we can fight off the stressor, right? That's the hope of the body that it can actually use this energy to fight off the stressor, and our body will go back to a relaxed state. But when we're thinking about all these things, it doesn't necessarily happen. You can't find that resolution necessarily. Um, so if we're constantly thinking about our stressors and letting them affect us, we can be stuck in this chronic stressed state. And this can potentially lead to other health issues like adrenal fatigue, right? We've talked about that as well. And, and not only adrenal fatigue, it can lead to other diseases. So a great way to burn off this cortisol, think of it like energy, a great way to burn off this cortisol is to exercise. Yep. So for an added immunity bonus, what I love are high impact exercises because this actually jogs the lymphatic system. Right. right. And the lymphatic system is where it's, you know, uh, a part of our immune system as well. And this is where part of our body actually fights off bacteria, um, toxins, and it will gather them in our lymph nodes, right, and fight them mm-hmm. off. So when you're jumping, this actually helps to move the fluid around in your lymphatic okay, system. So this is where you need to speak with a health, health practitioner because if you haven't exercised, yes. you do not jump right into high impact because no. if your joints and muscles aren't ready for it, you can really hurt yourself. Right, right. So, so like you really need professionals to help you, but I do high impact stuff all the time and I can tell you it both clears the mind and I do feel better and I actually my glands I can feel <laughs> I can no honestly yeah, I, 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 I can feel like my glands swell if if I'm getting the toxins out like, right like it's true and I think there's a, a distinction to be made here so there's there's high intensity right so yeah. if we're talking about high intensity um, interval training right and then high impact so right. when I say high impact even just walking right if you're if your body is hitting the ground in some way it doesn't have to be really intense like right. a hit class right? right but if you're walking no, but that that's is an one e- way but that is an example yeah uh, okay all right we have time for one last one real quick yes so daily detoxing how to do this so you can get these detox kits these days and while i think it's great to do them seasonally four times a year you don't have to do them every day right, right. so you can accomplish improved detoxification by adding in a dandelion tea or skin brushing. So dandelion tea actually helps to stimulate bile. We know that bile helps with breaking down fat, but it also pulls toxins out of the body, right? Mm -hmm. Skin brushing is one of my favorite ones. Um, It's a brush, basically you rub it all over your skin and it helps to improve lymphatic drainage. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, Jamie. We're going to hear back from Megan Horsley next month, but we've got to take a short break. When we return, we'll hear natural travel tips on The Tonic. If you're looking for premium natural products, choose New Roots Herbal, proudly Canadian, family-owned for over 30 years. What really sets them apart is their dedication to quality. They source only the highest quality ingredients and test each one using state-of-the-art scientific instruments and procedures. You get exactly what's promised on the label. Nothing more, nothing less. Available exclusively at fine health food stores. To learn more or find a store near you, visit NewRootsHerbal.com. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. 
For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Dr. Emily Lipinski graduated from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto and is a practicing naturopath in Canada and abroad. While in the academic world, Emily became fascinated with the potential applications of naturopathic medicine in health and wellness. She strongly believes in addressing the root causes of medical issues using natural therapies, either alone or in conjunction with conventional Western medicine. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. So I know, our listeners may not know, but I know that you do a fair bit of traveling and time away from uh, the T-Dot. And I so I would expect that you would have some amazing advice for uh, healthy traveling. Are you going to share that with us today? Yes, absolutely. And I was recently at the airport, actually, and especially with what's going on with the coronavirus, I have seen more people take a lot of precautions in the airport and on the plane than ever before to try and um, keep themselves healthy or reduce the the chance of getting viruses or bacteria. In your experience, what types of things are are legitimate and and perhaps what's a little bit too much? So I'd say, you know, right now, so hand washing first and foremost. I mean, some people roll their eyes, but it really is. Hand washing is the best way to reduce the chance of getting a virus or bacteria passing the virus. So normally, you know, when you're on the plane, making sure that before you eat or if, you know, even just getting up and and going to the washroom, wash your hands maybe once or twice on the flight, that absolutely helps. And as soon as you get off the flight and when you get home or when you get to your destination, change your clothes, wash your hands, and make sure that, you know, you're doing your laundry and your washing. A lot of people don't think, well, they've sat on the plane in these in these clothes and they're washing their hands but it also can get on to to your clothes wherever you're sitting i um as we've spoken about before i'm not a big proponent of antibacterial stuff because we know that that actually might not do a lot and it has some other harmful effects it's got some side effects yep but you can use just simple alcohol wipes that you can get at any drugstore, or you can have, there's little natural antibacterial sprays that are made. I mean, the basis of it is some distilled water, alcohol, maybe some lavender. You can pick these up at Whole Foods online. Um, and those are great to, to take on the plane. I always make sure to wipe the back of my headrest and also wipe the table tray where you're going to eat and the sides of where you're going to sit, you know, those little hand rests, that's where most of the bacteria is found, on the headrest, the side, the side rest, and on top of the table tray. So you hmm. can wipe those things down when you get onto the plane. I, I'm always, you know, back in the day, people used to be able to smoke in the planes and like, you know, they had the notion of the no smoking area, which is ridiculous because, yeah. you know, the air circulates within the environment over and over again. So what are we, yes. knowing that and knowing that you're breathing in the same air as everybody else, is, is there anything we can do on that end? Well, as you know, there's lots of people wearing masks right now. Yep. And that might help protect uh, a bit. The jury's still out on how much protection a mask offers, especially upon certain uh, viruses. But yep. And it's also, you know, I don't know if you've ever worn a mask, but it's uncomfortable. Not very comfortable. No, it's very uncomfortable. 
And, and I would say it's a waste of time. Like, I mean, if you're really going to do it, you need to get medical grade masks. I, I, I think it's yeah. something 50, I think. Is, is, the N95. Yeah. And those are even more uncomfortable. To be yeah. So, and then if you get, it depends how long your flight is. It's one thing if you're going up and down in an hour and a half. But if you're on a five-hour flight and you do want to have something to eat and, you know, maybe you, you have a little snooze and inevitably the mask slips off. So for me and my family, it's not something we do. But if it at the end of the day, if it makes someone feel more comfortable and it makes them feel that they're doing, you know, that, that it's going to help them, it could, it can be a helpful thing uh, okay. to, to use. Yeah. Emily, that's, that's if you're on the plane and you're trying to keep clean as it were, but a lot of health issues result from rest and, and sort of time zones uh, and hopping back and forth. So how do we deal with that? So first and foremost, if you're getting, if you're going to a new time zone, you want to think about uh, resetting your circadian rhythm, also known as your internal clock. And one of the best ways to do that is first kind of think about, you know, with whoever you're traveling with, your travel buddies, or you can even do it on yourself. You want to kind of set up a schedule for yourself where you're trying to wake up at the same time every day and go to bed every night. One of the worst things you can do if you get to a new time zone is starting to even you're already going to bed at a different time than you would at home. And then, you know, sometimes you go to bed a few hours later, sometimes a little bit earlier. It's really hard for your body to adjust to that. So if you, you, you get to a new time zone, you say, okay, you know, on vacation, I'm going to get up at 8 a.m. on the new schedule every day, and I'm going to go to bed by 10 p.m. or, or within an hour of that. That's going to be really helpful. Another thing is exposing your body to the sun. So our bodies understand that it's daylight or uh, nighttime when we get adequate sunshine exposure. So I'm not talking about, you know, lying and sunbathing, but even exposing your body and your face, the sunlight, for about five to ten minutes when you get to your new destination, that's also going to help you produce melatonin at night, which helps allow your body to to get into uh, and fall asleep. Another old Chinese medicine remedy is actually <clears throat> making sure that you connect with the earth. So for some people, this sounds a little bit far out, but I do know actually some very um, well-known athletes that do this practice. When they get to a new time zone, they do something called grounding. So they make sure that they get out and they find a little piece of grass or they go into a little bit of uh, the, the park and they just make sure that they're standing right on the ground instead of the concrete. Because again, we have to remember that we're humans, we're creatures, we're, we're animals, we're, we are nature. So by, again, putting ourselves in a natural environment, even for, for 10 minutes, it does also help us connect and get aligned with a new time zone. Do you mean barefoot? That's ideal, but it doesn't have to be barefoot. Okay. It, you can be in your running shoes, but it does ideally have to be the soil or, or the ground. I find when I travel, the difficulty is getting a good night's sleep because I'm not used to the bed and, you know, maybe it's facing the, the different way. I'm very particular or the pillows aren't right. You know, I, I, I am too. So I do have some patients that actually travel with their own pillow and that does take up space yep. that some people feel like that's, you know, that's going to help them sleep. They'd rather sacrifice a few less outfits and their pillow and their suitcase. Another thing I always travel with is a sleep mask because we know that making sure the room is dark as possible does help our sleep. So sometimes when we go into a new hotel or an Airbnb, we can't, uh, may- maybe the curtains aren't to our liking and they're letting light in or from the hallway. Yep. 
Another thing I always travel with is I like a white noise machine. I got one for $30 on Amazon. I made sure that there's no lights coming from the white noise machine, but that's really helpful. There are also apps on your phone that you can use for white noise. And we know that white noise, particularly something called brown noise, which is a type of white noise, significantly improves people's ability not just to get to sleep, but also to stay asleep. Brown Um, noise, okay. Brown noise. All right. Yeah, the other thing is earplugs. So we know that if it maybe you don't like white noise, or even if you do like white noise, I know for me one of the things that I really struggle with when I travel is I do like very quiet or constant sounds. So earplugs can also block out external sounds as well. Okay. What about food? So like, you know, if you're in Vegas, you know, what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but sometimes, yeah. sometimes, you know, you're going to go to places and, you know, if you're not cooking, you still want to eat healthy. What do you, what do you recommend? So bringing some stuff with you that, you know, even thinking outside the box. So I have a lot of people that do like, you know, protein shakes seem to be a big thing. I go on and off them myself, but you know, you can simply pack some protein in a little baggie. If you do use plastic bags, I don't, but I use, I'll even take a little container, mm-hmm. reusable container, and put some protein powder in there. I love spirulina, so I also pack a little spirulina with me and put it in my suitcase. Packing some healthy snacks that you, kind of your go-to, if you like some healthy granola bars or you have some sort of protein bar that you really like. If you pack a few, depending on how long you're gone for, you even buy a 12-pack at the store, you can often get a discount. Then at least you know you've got something with you that if you're, you know, touring around a town or out and about, you've got something healthy that you can eat. Even if it's a light lunch, you can use that. Even if we don't have a kitchen where we stay, well, first, we always try and find a place that even has a little kitchenette with VRBO and Airbnb. That's often really easy. So even if it's not a full kitchen, we can have a little mini fridge that we can keep some fresh apples in or a little bit of um, natural deli meat. So we have something that we can fall back on, a few veggies. So I encourage my patients to do the same. Most hotel rooms have a bar fridge, but you don't have to use it for that. You can use it for a little bit of healthy fruits and veggies. And most, you know, it's easy often to find a grocery store nearby where you can go and just pick up a few things that you can use for snacks or even sometimes supplement your meal with. So sometimes people say, okay, well, instead of having dessert, I'm going to go back to the hotel room and just have, you know, something a little bit healthier, maybe some apples and nut butter or so, some, something like that. At least you've got a few things to fall back on. That's uh, fantastic advice. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Thanks to all my wonderful guests, Joel Thuna, Carl L. Jansen, Megan Horsley, and Dr. Emily Lipinski, N.D., And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes, contact information for our guests, and links to thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can follow us at The Tonic Talk Show on Instagram or Facebook. For great articles by today's guests and other amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic's available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighborhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website at tonictoronto.com. If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can email me directly at jamie at 
Next week on the show, we'll discuss immune system function and support, virtual care and the myths of digital health, and meatless Mondays for March. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.